more fucking around. It's Wild Style Radio. Wild Style Radio. 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 What's up? Welcome back to the Stand Up and Shout Rock Show with Whisk and Kev. Woohoo! Hey, hey, how's it going? Good, good, man. I'm having a good day because it was a great week last week. But I'm going I'm to let you kind of kick it off because I'm going to talk about my great week in a little bit. All right. Sounds All good. Right. Been right. a couple weeks since we've uh, been on the air. Too long. Too long, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, let's get started. And, you know, this is a. Uh, going to be an interesting episode first show that we've done where we don't have a band or someone that we're talking to so it's going to be us me and you brother yeah i'm looking forward to it it hey let's do it it'll be fun i always kevin i always appreciate my time with you because even outside of this spectrum or of this forum not spectrum but the forum that we're in right now we always have fun we absolutely do and and we've had some fun recently together outside of this so we can talk about that too Uh, But I wanted to kind of kick things off. Obviously, Super Bowl was a couple of days ago. Um, Rihanna was the halftime performer. And uh, Umbrella. You know, and and as I'm watching it, you know, she's great. The performance was good. But I'm thinking to myself, you know, I miss the days where Chili Peppers performed or Aerosmith performed or Prince, who was just fantastic. And there's just not enough rock as part of the Super Bowl halftime show, which sort of leads into an article that we we were passing around. One of our, our favorite people that is never afraid to share his opinion, D. Snyder of he Twisted will, Sister. He'll make the news, baby. He does. He yeah. rolls for the news. He does, and I think, you know, keep his name in the news, and yeah. and that's a good thing. So I think Scott's going to bring that, that article up, but it was in uh, Ultimate Guitar Magazine, where uh, he was blasting the NFL about the lack of rock. And for once, recently, I, I do agree with him because, you know, and we were texting back and forth about this during the game. You know, they're playing rock and metal like every chance they get. They Constantly. played Welcome to the Jungle. Yes. They played Enter Sandman on every third down during the game. But yet, there's some great bands that have huge followings. Maybe not as much as some of the pop bands that have performed, but um, you know, I think they they deserve their due and an opportunity. But what do you think? How much did the Cincinnati Bengals play "Welcome to the Jungle"? Because obviously they're the Bengals in the jungle, as the theme goes. I think there's definite thirst out there for some rock and roll in the halftime show. Um, I was even a little bit bummed out. Like if you go back to the Aerosmith show that they brought in, that was the early 2000s, right? It's like so much pop into that Aerosmith show. There, you know, Britney came right. out. Uh, you know, you had some boy bands kind of mixed in there. And like, let Aerosmith be Aerosmith because Aerosmith is amazing. And how like how much of an impact have they had on all types of music, you right. know, pop music. And I understand that I'm sure the NFL is going for a dim- different demographic with their halftime show, right, than, than those that would regularly watch football. Right. But those that do watch football obviously are, are keyed into good rock and roll, and it's a part of their experience and their football experience. And I think they deserve that for the Super Bowl halftime show. We need some good rock and roll. D is on point. Uh, Gavin and I were talking before you know the lights came on, so to speak, on this show. I guess you can like say there was some type of homage to Nuno Betancourt because you saw him for about two seconds when <laughs> Rihanna actually like displayed a band and you saw Nuno kind of standing there 
I think like the the pan of him, he wasn't even playing. He was just kind of standing there, and then they pl- then they panned back. By the time he started playing, which is a real bummer, because who doesn't want to see Nuno play? Yeah, well, and, and I missed it because when the halftime show started, I I was on my phone and in the kitchen and just listening to it because I really wasn't interested all that much in Rihanna, although it was a good performance. Yeah, I, so like a, a, like a like a kind of a side question to you. You don't know, Jeff Salisbury want to chime in this one too because I know you're an extreme fan also. Extremely, yes. Extreme, extreme fan. <laughs> uh-huh. So if you got some variants, right? So like like Nuno went and played with Rihanna and then Gary Sharon went and played with Van Halen and put out the Van Halen 3 album. Like what do you think is the higher accomplishment? You know, like was it was it did Gary get the the higher kind of like side job? Because I would say extreme. Personally, I would say that's the best accomplishment. But who got the best side job, in other words? Was it Nuno or was it Gary? Right now, that is sort of more of the pinnacle because Rihanna's higher. Yeah. Like, as far as, like, public, you know, awareness of her currently and her star power. But back then, I mean, how can you do better than Van Halen? I know. As a rock singer and then to tour with them and play with them for multiple days, that was like a 15-minute thing. So it's sort of like the overall arching thing was much better for Gary Sharon, but the sort of the peak is probably higher with Rihanna, but I don't know. Is she bigger than Van Halen was it? I know, then? right? Right? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean Yeah. Like I said, I miss Nuno, so Right. If Me it too. wasn't advertised, how would you even know he was part of that? Right. I love uh, on this rock show that we can take Rihanna and now and, and turn that into a conversation about Nuno. Yeah. That's a much better conversation. <laughs> Way better to have. I mean, I don't know. Like, I maybe you could say that one's better to look at than another. I guess it depends on your your preferences and gender preferences and whatnot. But uh, you know, that's a whole different conversation. That is true. Yeah, I didn't mean to derail you there, Kevin. No, no, you didn't derail me. And <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I I'd Even rather sound effects on that one. <laughs> <laughs> right. There we go. <laughs> Oh, you know, sort of segue in now, you know, also currently in the news, the the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame has announced their nominees. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's a couple of bands out, and uh, I think three of them, you know, are harder-edge rock bands, and I think at least one of them, if not all of them, are, are well-deserving of uh, the votes and, and consideration relative to some of the other nominees, and it's nice to see that. Uh, so I'm I'm talking about Iron Maiden. Yep. Who I think is well overdue. Yeah. To be in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. And we didn't even plan this, but Rage Against the Machine is also up for induction this year. So, you know, uh, Zach De La Rocha brought it sitting down at that show. He did. He never that stood, was, but he was a beast. Yeah. Played that in the latter half of that entire tour with a torn Achilles tendon. Yeah. So it was still badass. It was amazing. Yeah, he he yeah, he was great. Absolutely great. And then Soundgarden is also up for induction. So, I know bands that that we appreciate a lot. Um I worship at the altar of Soundgarden. There's no doubt about it. I mean, just I I can't I don't even have words Who to describe doesn't? how much I love that band. Yeah. Especially yeah. the old old stuff. And yeah, cuz Lou and I the love uh, uh, here, I was about to say yeah. Bad Motor Finger or Louder Than Love? We've louder had the debate. <laughs> uh, louder Than Love. Uh, I could go For Bad me, Motor yeah. Finger. I can go Bad Motor I mean, Finger. They're, they're right side by side. Mm-hmm. But Louder Than Love, there's nothing else like it that came out of the time. Yeah. yeah. There's other stuff that came out like 
Bad Motor Finger, and you know, there's other alternative heavy bands that were around back then that were sort of coming Alice in Chains, you know. But when Soundgarden came out with Louder Than Love, there's nothing like it. To me, like a lot of that alt rock cred goes to Nirvana unfairly. Yep. You know, and Soundgarden was well ahead of them oh, for with sure. what they were doing. Yeah. I mean, you know, in that scene. Yeah. So, I mean, they had two releases out before Bad Motor Finger yep. came out and blew up, and, and Nirvana had Bleach. Yep. Um, Great album. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Bleacher, never mind. Yep. Oh. Woo. I'm going to go Bleach. I would agree. Mm hmm. Good stuff. So, you know, the hope is, you know, that folks are going to vote and and real rock fans are going to vote because, you know, right now Cindy Lauper's leading. And to me, that's she's had an OK career. Only a couple of albums. Yeah. Kind of a one or two hit wonder. She had some fun. She did. <laughs> she likes to have fun. <laughs> now she's selling uh, skin drugs. Yeah, I was going to say, like, yeah, some pharmaceutical. <laughs> I never knew what it's for. You know, I just saw her. Right. Yeah. Doing her thing. Rosacea. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> there you go. And uh, then uh, George Michael. So I think he's deserving. Warren Zevon is in third. And then Soundgarden and Iron Maiden. I like, uh, you know, I remember we have Foo Fighters getting inducted and Taylor Hawkins and his receptance or his reception as part of his speech, you know, acknowledging both Soundgarden and George Michael. So I think it is really cool that both of Taylor Hawkins' acknowledgments uh, are there. And being considered. Now, you also right. brought up Jane's Addiction, and I personally would, you know, include them as well. But I guess we'll yeah. take what we can get, right? They're, they're a bit more eligible in terms of time than Rage Against Machine, Soundgarden, some of those bands. Sure. Yep. So it's interesting. They're not up at, at this point in time for nomination. But, um, yeah, you know, so I understand you're voting every day. So I'm voting every day. So, like, my, my take... I wish I, I everybody has their, their theories and feelings about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I wish it was just named differently. That's my thing. It's really, you know, obviously because there's a there's a, a broad category of music that goes in there. And that, I think, generates a lot of controversy and a lot of, you know, really extreme feelings from people. It really, truly, to me, is the Rolling Stone Music Hall of Fame. That's if I would name that actual facility, that's what it should be, you know, in my book. Because they're, they do acknowledge a wide range of music. I had, came out with Dolly Parton, you know, this past year, right? Dolly was kind of like, I don't know if I'm rock and roll, but Rolling Stone, Jan Winter, wanted to acknowledge her, which is fine and well and good. But it's, you know, it's it's sponsored by that magazine, that entity. I can't imagine there would be like a classic music hall of fame and it would be sponsored by classic music magazine. You know, like <laughs> there it's, you know, there's kind of like a more formal body that acknowledges that, which that's not rock and roll necessarily. You know, rock and roll is kind of a more grassroots, seat of your pants kind of thing. So I kind of get it, but I think that's why some of these acts get overlooked. And that's very unfortunate because there are true rock acts that are only within the genre of rock and roll, even though they may draw from other influences that really truly deserve to be there. A lot of the names that we brought up. I would agree. And, and what, you know, from just kind of sticking to the, the heavier rock and metal vein to me it, it's a little disappointing when you have bands like uh metallica who are great very deserving to be in there but then someone like uh judas priest only got in and kind of i guess you could say on a technicality they weren't voted in right and they were given an award that allowed them to be considered uh in the hall of fame and even iron maiden who 
both of those bands were heavy influences to what Metallica and some of the other bands that are yes. already in have done. So without those guys getting in, it seems a little disingenuous. Right. So that yeah. that's my issue with the Hall of Fame. And, um, you know, and I voted and I'm voting every day. So you can vote daily. I vote every day because I know what I want there. So you brought up a couple of those bands. Uh, I don't know what will happen if Iron Maiden gets in because they've vehemently denied that they would accept it or show up. So, right. like, I kind of want to see that. I want to see how that plays out because they're definitely an acknowledged act that should be there. And right. I, we're definitely not the only ones that feel that way. Sure. So you can kind of see the sparks fly when that happens. But, you know, they are getting votes. But they were out of, to me, the top five for a while because I've watched the standings over time. But they've risen the ranks. So if you're not voting, I say vote just to like uh, to shake the tree a little bit and and you know see what happens and get some of those acts up there that deserve to be there. Well, and even if it's the top five, they don't necessarily all get in yep, automatically. So it's like I don't know why you do a fan vote if that doesn't. I don't know what Push all the, the criteria needle. is, but yeah. but yeah, there were a couple of years where Judas Priest was well up in there, and then they still didn't get in. So I'd bet a lot of money Willie Nelson's on the bill. And Willie Nelson is falling. His votes have fallen like in the past couple of weeks. So I I am not betting against him getting in there. He will get in there. You know, so I don't think he, just what you're saying. I right. don't think he needs that fan vote. It's going to happen. Sure. Yeah. Cool. Well, I think maybe we take a little quick break here and then we've got a new segment we want to roll out to you guys. And uh, we'll be right back. You're, this is the uh, Stand Up and Shout Rock Show on Wild Style Radio. Welcome back to the Stand Up and Shout Rock Show, coming to you from the Salisbury Center Studios on the Wild Style Network. And uh, got a new segment for you. We're calling it Heard and Word. Little Heard and Word. So this came from me, the the teacher in me. I've been a teacher in several different capacities. Taught high school. Actually taught at the university level for a little while. But, you know, we got to play our games. And so this is a little game that I threw up here, Kevin. So All right. I appreciate you like experimenting with this and wanting to play along. Let's have at it. So we have some topics. This is the way that the heard word works. And then if you're listening at home, you can ponder on the topic content and then fill in the blank. It's just simple. Fill in the blank and think of how you would feel. Fill in your own blank. And and so we can probably banter back and forth about how I don't know how Kevin's filled in his blanks and he doesn't know how I filled in mine. So we'll see where this goes. All right. All right. Heard and word number one. So this comes from guitar.com. Guitar.com. There goes a sponsor. Right? Guitar.com's nine guitarists who define new wave of classic rock is. Okay, so I'm going to give a little backdrop to this because I think in this question, guitar.com's nine guitarists who define new wave of classic rock, what fascinated me about this was the phrase new wave of classic rock. So to like to me when I when I caught this to me classic rock when you use that term you go to Led Zeppelin you go to Black Sabbath you know you go to Pink Floyd Aerosmith you go to Aerosmith right so new wave of classic rock kind of to me like if I'm gonna I'm gonna date myself a little bit with this you remember when Coca Cola changed its formula in the <laughs> '80s you know and there was there was just yeah. Coca Cola right it was just that was it and then they went to New Coke. See the anger in your face. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So then wasn't a Pepsi guy. Right. It was yeah. so then you had New Coke and then nobody liked New Coke but you went to Coke Classic. So it didn't mean it was old. It just meant it was tried and true. 
And so I love this phrase personally, new wave of classic rock, because it, it doesn't then assign a time period to rock and roll. These are acts that are younger and relevant, but still have a sound that's familiar and that we love. So when I saw this as a title, I like lit up because something we, Kevin and I have done a lot of interviews in this podcast already. And that's something that we've been asking, like, who do you listen to now? You know, who's more current for you? Who's more relevant? So that's, that's my long backdrop into this, this, this prompt. You need to get closer to your mic. You're going in and out. Oh, sorry. Right. I, I'm getting preachy. All right. Like I, you know, that's why I'm, I'm animating here. So Please. Reverend Whisk, what's your answer? <laughs> All right. So I, I, I'm going to defend this answer a little bit too. My word is incomplete because I love the the, the guitarist they have. I'm going to my notes, Kevin. My notes are not written down. You're <laughs> you're like on on the page, and I'm here on the phone. So there's several here that I got to speak to that are in this list of nine. I want to speak to all of them because I don't want to take up all the time. Who I just love, and not only the guitarist. And I'm going to save number one for you because I know where you're going to go with number one. But hey, I want to at least mention yeah. like Jake Kitska from. Uh, from Greta Van Fleet, like uh, I just can't get enough of him and and everything that he brings. By the way, Tyler Bryant of the Tyler Bryant and Shakedown, they just played Leesburg recently. Did they? Yes, they were. We missed that. Oh man, that was a. I was listening to them on the way in, and and I like that that band. Yes, and uh, it looked like that show sold well. And then you know after I saw that, I was like, shit, how did we miss that? That just fell off our radar. But we're we're catching that next time. The one that I really have to chime up that I don't think that you may chime up, but you may or may not. I don't know because I know I have a feeling I know where you're going to go. Blake Allard of Joyous Wolf. I love me some Joyous Wolf, a band out of L.A. that is just fantastic. Almost have like an alt rock tinge to their classic rock sound, so to speak. Um, obviously, like Blake Allard's a great guitarist, but I can't say enough about their vocals. Also, just a great, great band to listen to. And then the last one I mentioned before I, before I de defend my word of incomplete because I haven't gotten there yet, um, Whitney Petty of Thunder Pussy, another great band out of Seattle. Like we sometimes I, I don't feel like give enough, uh, you know, accolades to the ladies because we've been very male heavy, like in a lot of our discussion. But Thunder Pussy is a great all female band and a very strong, classic, heavy, almost Sabbath-ish kind of sound. So, yep. but I say incomplete because there's a couple off. I wish that it would have gone to 10 instead of nine. Why not go with the top 10 list? And I would go with a, a guitarist. His name is Aaron Jones. So A-Y-R-O-N. His last name is Jones. He's out of Seattle. Um, definitely, I feel a heavy influence from Slash and his sound. And just kind of a, uh, almost like a classic, thick, heavy blues rock sound coming from this dude. And I have not seen him yet. And I cannot wait to see him. So that's why I say incomplete. I would like to see Aaron on there because I do listen to him a lot, and I think he's an amazing guitarist. All right, I'm going to cut away to you. What's your word? Well, my word is uh, I would I was going to say surprising because some of the bands on this list I have not heard before, and when I listened to a couple of them in the last couple of days, there there's some great new stuff out there. So obviously, you know, there's a couple that I'll speak to, but um, you know, you mentioned Thunder Pussy. I thought they're fantastic. I hadn't heard of them before. Um, so that was good. And then there's also Hannah Finley from Stonefield, yes. who was another female guitarist. And both of them, both of those bands have a nice, uh, I, I hear a lot of, uh, and, and they're fronted by female vocalists too. So the guitar and the vocals remind me a lot of Lizzie Hale. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, and, uh, obviously 
a lot of the guitar from both of those guitar players also you hear a lot of a lot of Nita in there and and how they play Nita uh-huh. Strauss. Uh-huh. Um, so that's you know those were that struck me as really good. The other one uh, band that I really liked is uh, Florence Black. Yeah, which is actually the heaviest of the bands. They were they definitely are a metal band mm-hmm. and uh, hadn't heard of them either. And, and um, so I downloaded their album and and I love it. And uh, so that's good stuff. And then obviously number one on their list is John Otto from Dirty Honey. Uh, and there it is. There I was waiting. He's I was the like, man. I, I can't believe it took you that long to get there. <laughs> well, I was saving it, saving the best for last, in my opinion. <laughs> um, but I would agree with the incomplete comment and the person that I would add, and and I'm blanking on his name right now, but it's the guitar player from Adam and the Metal Hall. I was going to go there next. So Johnny Barry. So yeah, yeah, Johnny so that, Barry. That was that was in my. It's right. That was in my head. Also, I was going to go there. Like if you weren't going to bring him up, because. I wish I would love to have more time with those guys. Yep, we caught them in the middle of four acts that were here that night, and so we had to kind of you know scrunch it in. But I think that we could have a good long conversation. I was just turned on to them that week, so like right. I have to admit, like I have listened to them even more since and dove into the catalog, you know, a little bit more deeply. I would love to have you know part two to that sure. conversation. Yeah, maybe uh, I know they're over in Europe right now, but maybe when they come back, maybe they'll want to swing back through and and come to the Salisbury Center, and that Absolutely. would be awesome. Heck yeah. 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 Pete was trying to get them for the this, that, and the other show as well, but they weren't available, unfortunately. So they will be back when they get back into the U.S. Cool. All right. You got a word out there? Anybody got any words they want to add? Over my head. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not as current on all the new rock. Look, man, I mean, this is a great list. If you're not as current, like, this is a great list to start from. So, like, there's a lot of good stuff to listen to just from these acts that are listed here. So uh, and there's um or and and it'll be missing uh Gavin Evick's guitar player. Yeah, that's true too. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh-huh. Those guys rocked. Absolutely. Yes. They're going to be up and coming for people to look out for. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. And it's not just because Pete's my buddy. Those guys did a really good job. Heck yeah, they, they did. They have the rock and roll vibe, yeah, rock absolutely. and roll attitude. Look, I, I'm a little older. I hate to say this, but I have to admit it. There's nothing like seeing 20 year olds play rock and roll. I mean, you know, in terms of their live act, For it, sure. you know, it is just so the high energy, energy. and anger is still there. Yep, exactly. So while we're kind of talking about that and and Gavin Evick, I, I know they're they got a couple of dates coming up with some shows. Mm-hmm. So uh, here at the Salisbury Center, um, April 7th is one of the dates. Uh, and uh, Lou, what are what are the uh, the couple of uh, upcoming dates where they're going to uh, be? Gavin, here? Gavin is March third, opening March, for okay. Shot Through the Heart, which is a Bon Jovi tribute band. And then his dad Pete will be here on April seventh with uh, this, that, and the other with Eric Brittingham from uh, Cinderella, Chad Stewart, yeah, Chad Stewart from Faster Pussycat, and uh, Dean Dean Kramer. Uh, yeah, Dean Kramer from Funny Money. Yeah. So they'll be doing all covers and classic rock stuff and stuff that they actually played with the bands. And then uh, Gavin will be back with Jeff on May 13th for the birthday bash. And Days of Five will be... Days of Five. Days of Five's there. And, uh, I am fronting. Gavin Evick, yep. And we'll be thrilled to see all you all out in the audience. Yes, I'll, I'll also be with a different band. It's a little confusing. Um, so I'm, I'm between two right now, and that's with First Try on April 7th. So First yep. Try will be out there. I'll be I'll be fronting that band also. So I love to see all your faces out there. All right. Question number two. All right. A little heard and word. 
Okay, Ozzy's announcement of his tour cancellation makes me feel, it's a feelings question for you, Kevin. So Ozzy's announcement of his tour cancellation makes Kevin feel... Fucking old. <laughs> wow, you got an excellent yes. an expletive in there. And 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 obviously part of that announcement is and and I know he's he's had some recent health issues, some surgery. I think he had a back operation, which is preventing him from being able to be on stage and mobile. And but uh, you know, I think back to you know when I was younger, I had older stepbrothers, so they were into Rush and Sabbath, ACDC. So, you know, the very first album that I ever bought was Blizzard of Oz. Mm -hmm. And so the fact that Ozzy is no longer going to be touring potentially makes me feel old. Yeah. Yeah, That's, I get So like, I think I'm on your vibe here too. I mean, I don't know if this is a fancy word, but I, I chose melancholy. Uh, you know, because there's a sad element to it. And I think that that rides beyond with what we're seeing with Ozzy. You know, so I just went this past Saturday. I saw Motley Crue and Def Leppard um, in Atlantic City with the absence of Mick Mars. And mostly Motley Crue had their ins and outs with band members. But the one thing about them over time is they've been pretty consistent yep. with the original four. And that's been a fantastic thing to to see. So there's... You know, we haven't talked about my fantastic week, but that's one of the things that happened to me in my fantastic week is I got to see Motley again. And John Five, of course, is amazing. And technically, you know, he obliterated everything that he needed to play and played it well and beyond, you know, what was needed to play. But you missed Mick because the chemistry wasn't the same. Yep. And that's not a complaint. I would absolutely go see this version of Motley Crue again and again. We can get into that later, but... You know, that's that to me kind of gets back to the Aussie question there. And even like with Def Leppard, right? You don't have Steve Clark there, one of the original right. members. Yep. So as kind of riding out of your fucking old comment, <laughs> you know, kind of like piggybacking onto my melancholy, that's kind of what we're seeing is deterioration of some of the acts that have been around for a very yep. long time and we love. And I that's why I keep going back to you and I are doing it, like seeing as many live acts as you can while you can, even if they're young, because there's no guaranteed that they're going to be around, not necessarily, you know, not to turn it into a health issue or a death issue, but bands break up, you know, so you, you just got to go to those tours while you can. So you're bringing up the nine new acts is almost like a contrast yep. to the first slide, you know, so see Dirty Honey when you can see Dirty Honey because it's an amazing live show. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, I guess I'm also a little hopeful because I, I did see a tweet from, from Zach Wild that basically said, look, it was a talking to Ozzy in the tweet where he said, look, He's like, keep working on getting healthy. We're here when you're ready to go. Yeah. So, and Zach being always part of the touring band with yes. Ozzy. So, yeah. Uh, I think he's hopeful. Yes. It may happen again. Yep. But, but yeah, I mean, he's getting up there. So, it's a good way to put it. So, like, right. Cause I, I'm seeing all that news too, that it's expected that he's going to go back out. And I know that I want to be there if I get the chance to like grab a hold of that and see it yep. when he goes back out. I, I know I won't miss it. Awesome. All right, let's go to the next one. This is the last. We only have three uh, Heard and Words today. The third being the final Heard and Word. The leaked announcement of an upcoming Foo Fighters album has Kevin feeling... This is all about your feelings today, Kevin. I am feeling anxious and excited. Yeah. And we talked a little bit about this, you know, because obviously... Um, I'm excited because, you know, when Taylor passed away... I. I thought that was the end. Yes. And, you know, with uh, Dave having gone through this with 
Kurt Cobain and Nirvana. You know, I figured they were just all going to kind of splinter and go their separate ways, and there would be new bands that came out that they were part of. But the fact that Foo Fighters is staying together um, makes me excited. Yes. Because they're a great band. Mm-hmm. They're actually one band that I un- unfortunately have never seen live. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we were going to see them. Right. We had tickets, and, man. Uh, we, were, we were in the pit. Yep. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, what happened to Taylor happened. And uh, so, you know, and then the anxious is who's replacing them. Yeah. And we talked about that. So um, it just seems like it's pretty close to a time where they're going to make an announcement on who's going to be playing drums. If they're already planning an album and obviously they've announced a bunch of summer tour dates. So I think that's should be happening soon. Sure. My guess. Yep. My word is giddy. You know, just plain and simple giddy. Like it's, it's you know, again, contrasting the last slide and the last topic. And since we're all talking about our feelings today, uh, that, that's kind of where I am with this. I am very excited, like over the prospect that it's even being considered because I was kind of devoid of hope without Taylor Hawkins. I didn't think that we would see the Foo Fighters really possibly ever around again, but here we are. So at least that there's a leaked conversation and the fact that it's being considered means that there is consideration for the future of the Foo Fighters. I think rock and roll needs the Foo Fighters because they're one of the last remaining stadium acts for rock and roll. They need the Red Hot Chili Peppers because these guys are still filling stadiums. I think it's really important for rock and roll to continue to fill fill stadiums. I don't think it's, you know, some people say it it never will, like after some of these acts kind of go away. I don't necessarily believe that myself. I think that, you know, these artists will continue to rise up and there will be popularity with them. But until then, you know, we need to hold on to the great artists. We have Dave Grohl is certainly one of them. Um, definitely one of my favorite live acts of all time. And to me, when he comes and plays our area, when he plays in Washington, D.C., it's a homecoming. Right. So you're getting a wicked, solid show every time. And it's just full throttle. So, you know, and getting back to like, you know, kind of that chemistry piece, talking about John Five and Mick Mars in that kind of way. I'm going to be interested to see that with whatever incarnation of the Foo right. Fighters comes up how the chemistry plays out because Dave Grohl is definitely about that. It definitely has to be a, a feel good type of experience in that live experience. So, yeah. And, and Taylor was such a dynamic musician. I mean, obviously he was a, f- a phenomenal drummer, but he jump out in front and he would sing sometimes, you know, he could play other instruments. So it's uh, like you said, if th- there's gotta be some chemistry there. So you know, it's going to be interesting to see who the, the new drummer ends up being. Can't wait. I cannot wait for that to happen. So, yeah. So uh, that's it. That's how we're ending on Herd and Word. Do you guys have any more words to add out in the booth? Word. Uh, oh. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah I just, because I saw that about Foo Fighters, and mine would be what happened to the Scream album and everything they're supposed oh, yeah. to be putting together. Yeah. Is this going to bury it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I was excited about that, the reunion for Scream and uh, them doing all those old DC punk bands getting back together and doing some albums and putting some stuff together. And now it's going to get buried by Foo Fighters. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thank you for sharing your feelings out there, Mr. Salisbury. You got it. We appreciate that. (laughs) So you you mentioned- Enough about these damn feelings. Well, we're going to kind of- I'm going to press you on your feelings because ah. you've mentioned uh, you had a great, exciting week. So. I did. I'm going to go lay down on the couch. Okay. The, the psychiatric Kevin is coming into, yeah, I'm into, not the, sure. into the studio. I'm not sure that's happening. Sigmund Kevin. So obviously, you know, uh, what was it, a week ago, 
Oh. <laughs> There's my jackets on the couch. <laughs> my jackets there waiting for me. It knew it was going to happen. <laughs> so I love it. The last two Saturdays, we've got to see some live music. I so uh, oh, well, I did. Where do you want to start, Kevin? So uh, well, let's start with Motley Crue because well, you talked a little first. bit about that, and uh, you know the, the the chemistry piece you were talking about is interesting too because as that band has gone through the years and they've had some lineup changes, the one consistent has always been Mick. Yes, exactly. And, uh, you know, different drummers, Tommy's come in, come out, come back, you know, what have you. John Karabi replaced Vince Neil for a bit. Yep. So Nikki and Mick were the two that were there the whole time. Sure. So, um, you know, I, I couldn't go, but I was, I'm interested, you know, and, and, you know, what were your thoughts on when you first saw him walk out on stage and it not being Mick? So surprisingly to me, the questions that I think that we both, we, you and I have attended a lot of shows for the final tour. We didn't just yep. attend one show. We attended multiple shows, including at least four. <laughs> right. And, and, and I think I was, you know, beveraged up and I bought a shirt in each every time. So I have an arsenal of final tour shirts, but we were in Los Angeles. Yep. And, you know, I think that there were, I don't think that it was just you and I that noticed it. There was a lot of press about the deterioration of Vince Neil. You know, where Vince, you know, how he sounded, what he sounded like, what was he going to sound like? Was it going to be worth the expense? You know, to me, there was a lot of media surrounding that. So I got to say, like, just kind of right out of the gate before you get to the, you know, there's the big question about Mick. But, you know, Vince, so I, I got that from some people immediately. Like, how did Vince sound? Vince found he sounded like as good as he, I, to me, Vince Neal's not going to sound like he sounds on a studio album. And that's some live artists are like that. But he sounded like a good, strong live performer. And he put on a great show. So again, I would go back. Now, I did go back a lot to see the final tour and other tours. You know, on top of that, I've seen Motley countless times and I would always go back to see him again. But um, it, he was in a definitely a better place and sounded fantastic. So, so he had to be a front man because he he's a not a singer. He is definite front man. <laughs> definite front man. He had, the, you know, the nasty habits fronted with him. Right. So, you know, that's always, you know, watchable there too. For sure. Yeah. And um, it, yeah. So like, but then with that being said, seeing John five, because- you know, I've seen John five with Rob Zombie. So it, that's just, a, it's, it's almost like seeing people like date or remarry one another. And, you know, you're used to seeing this as a couple with other people, but now they're a couple very differently. And you just have to kind of like wrap your head around that a little bit, but he fit in. I would say that, you know, he fit the Motley image. Uh, you know, he fit all of the tone of the songs. The, I thought the set list was great. It was a great mix of all of their albums. Um, that's that's the flip where I could go with Def Leppard, and I think that there's a lot of, you know, probably similar feeling out there. Uh, at least I don't want to necessarily say with some of the older Def Leppard crowd, but the first three Def Leppard albums are amazing, and there's no way around yeah. that. And there's you know they are just fantastic pieces of art, and uh, they really kind of brush those off in their set list. And it's not that you want to see a you know a reunion show or a full you know full album basically recreation of that being the set list, but you want to see some of it and how they kind of brush that off is still a disappointment with Def Leppard, even though they're playing solidly and they're playing what they're playing well. Yeah. Cause we saw them at Jiffy Lube, you know, what was it? Six ish, seven years ago. Yes. And, and they were hitting stuff off at least the second and the third album. Yes. I don't think they went all the way back to on through the night, right. but 
but they were hitting, you know, they played me and my wine. Love to hear that. You know, good stuff. And, and I was expecting with this whole stadium tour, you know, and obviously in DC, we were, we were at the show together and the set list was underwhelming, mm. but I figured with these shows that they, they did starting last weekend as lead up to going over to Europe, right. Where they were going back home. Right. Right. I figured they're going to mix it back up. to more, some mix in some of the older stuff. And it sounds like they're not doing that. So I don't know how it's going to go over over there. Cause yeah. I imagine it's a hardcore crowd for them over there. Sure. Well, as, as, as you're talking, you're wearing a maiden shirt. And obviously Maiden has to wrestle with this because their catalog is enormous. Right. And then they have a beloved catalog that's deep and, you know, kind of older. So, you know, they balance it how they balance it, doing an older tour, newer tour. But even in their newer tour, they're they're still managing to mix. And we just last saw them on that tour, you know, some, you know, classic songs inside of their set list that the audience is thrilled to hear. And uh you know, I've, I've heard, you know, Eddie Trunk talk about it. it you know, the, the kind of the crisis that Def Leppard has about that and wrapping their head around that. And it doesn't seem to be resolved. So, you know, I guess my takeaway, that's the real long story. Right. I loved seeing Motley. I liked seeing Def Leppard. You know, if, if there was room for improvement, that's where it would be. Okay. And then uh, the week before that, we saw Alter Bridge. We did. So, you know, I, I got to go to my girlfriend on this one. Because I about lost her that night because she's so in love with Miles Kennedy. It's like outrageous. So I thought I was going to have to deal with like, you know, some backstage passing, you know, and, and all of that. And then as you and I were standing there, Kevin, like, uh, I think I was making jokes about that. Like, we got to keep our eye on her because she might go for him. And then she said, which one of them? And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> right. There's two. So evidently there are. So Mark Tremonti's on that Tremonti. list. That I just I just discovered. But what a bitching show. Oh, it was great. It, you know, first you time I, pass. <laughs> I, I, I think pass. it would be, I don't think I have a choice. Yeah. No, I, I, it was a phenomenal show. And, and you know, the, the one thing I wanted to talk about related to that show is it's so interesting. And, you know, you know, when we were younger and the bands were coming out, you were in a band and you were the band yeah. until the band broke up yeah. or, or whatever. But it, it's just so interesting because, you know, where we saw Alter Bridge, we also saw Miles Kennedy with Slash. Yes. And and yeah. then, you know, Tremonti has his own kind of side band. Yeah. You know, so it's just interesting. And I think it's great because there's consistently new music coming out. Sure. So, like, we go see Miles Kennedy and Slash. And then... Uh, I've seen Miles Kennedy solo. You know, it's a solo right. record out. So, you know, I've seen that. I've seen that show, too. Right. You know, so you're right. There is, like, a... I mean, Miles is prolific, I guess, in that way. And so, and then there's no, you know, the old classic band jealousy. Right. You, know, you can't do that with them, you know, because you're going to do this with us and us only. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, it was a great show. I think the venue was way oversold. I was going to bitch about that. So, like, that was, that's my beef. So, like, uh, I, I don't know about you as a fan. Like, here's where I am. Like, I love venues making money. That's a great thing. But when, you know, am I allowed to say the name? Is that legal? Like the the venue that we go to in Maryland, yeah, you can say it. Uh, the fine. the Fillmore in Silver Spring, yeah. Maryland, when it sells out, it doesn't simply sell out; it oversells. There's no doubt about it that they sell too many tickets because you can't move when you're in there. So you know, 
what happens to you when you're sitting there or standing there for four hours as we stood, because we stood through uh, Wolfgang Van Halen also with Mammoth Wolfgang Van Halen. Which they were awesome. I was going to say, which is just another fantastic yep. show. But nature calls, right? And, you know, as your urologist or gastroenterologist will tell you, like when nature calls, you always answer. But you can't because you're locked in there, you know, like you're done. And if you do, you fight your way out of there, which isn't so much of a fight. But then you got to get back. And then your crew is up, you know, ahead of you. And you're not being an ass. You know, you're not trying to, like, push them out of their space or get in front of them. You just want to get back to your crew. But the daggers are about to come out. And that brawl is about to happen. And that happens to me in every general admission sold-out show. But it really happens there in a really bad way. Yeah, no, I agree. So, you know, my solution is I just don't drink because. <laughs> well, there's, well, so they lose bar sales. That's what I'm saying yep. about the making money. Or, yes. or just simply yeah, like. Where's the boo sound effect, Scott? <laughs> <laughs> but sell less tickets and charge more money. I would be cool with that. Yeah. You know, because they, those tickets weren't outrageous that we paid for, in, at least in terms of the context of tickets and ticket prices these days. They were definitely on the lower end. They were. And so I think it could have been a better ex fan experience for those that were able to get tickets because there was a lot of fans that were unable to get tickets anyway. And you could have bought booze and could have done better with booze the whole time that you were there. Well, and, you know, what was really surprising to me is, you know, we paid extra because it was, I guess, one of the coldest days of the winter, yeah, it, right. it appears. Right. So we bought the fast pass tickets because we didn't want to have to stand in line. And we get up to the door and none of them, there was no line for either line, you know, the regular entrance or the fast pass. But then as soon as you got in, you know, they scanned your ticket you couldn't get into the venue. Right. Because they're like, oh, we're we're oversold and it's one out, one in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like you have to go up to the balcony, which at that venue, there's no. No. Well, remember we got locked out of the first floor at first because yep. it was oversold on the first floor. And they couldn't even let anybody in. So they, they're trying to push people to the balcony, but that was oversold too. So yeah, it was, we were in the lobby. <laughs> Solution <laughs> is they need to play in a bigger venue. Yeah, that's true too. Like here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Good timing. So, <laughs> so yeah. I had one more show. All right. I had more shows in there. So I, I was able to catch because I got to I got to pump them up because I love them. Corey Glover opened up for Soul Asylum in Leesburg. I was able to catch that. Soul Asylum was acoustic. They played all their cl classics acoustic when they played Black Gold. You know, if you know that, you know, classic grunge song and they played that acoustically. It was another gear when it was acoustic and it was fantastic. And uh, I recommend that just for that show. But Corey Glover as a vocalist, I can't gush enough about Corey Glover. I mentioned him before. We were talking about our singers versus vocalists. Right. And, you know, I goaded, you know, Mr. Salisbury out there to like, you know, get into the, 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 the battle with me about Corey Glover versus Jeff Tate. But Corey Glover walked out of the green room. I love this as a vocalist. It was just him, and he had an acoustic accompaniment. I think as a as a vocalist, he didn't let you know the 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 acoustic, uh, you know, basically the acoustic measures of the song uh, override him. He took the lead, like in everything that he was doing. He walked out of the green room just a cappella, no microphone, no amplification, blasting out over the crowd like singing to like gain their attention. And it was also a sit down, like in a regular stand up venue. And the, he walked down my aisle and like me and you sitting beside each other. He was one dude away from me, like, like bellowing out over top of me. And I was in that then like, what do you do moment 
Like, do you do the millennial thing and grab the phone and like throw it up in his face? Or do you just like ride on the live opportunity? And I don't know. I was a little bit starstruck. So I, I think so I'm swooning right now. I am. <laughs> it, that was like, that was just, it was a beastly awesome experience. So did so you just fall Corey out of your Lover. chair? If you're a living color fan, you got to catch Corey. So did you? I froze. The- I was like a rabbit. I just okay. froze. I don't know why. Like probably like a rabbit. It doesn't even know why Total it's freezing. It just, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Take luck. <laughs> <laughs> but I, th- I, Corey's not on that tour any longer. I don't know who's opening for Soul Asylum, but they they flipped they flipped their opener. Okay. But if you got a chance, I mean, of course, catch Soul Asylum too because they're fantastic. That so was a great week. That was a you know that was a hell of a week. Yeah, and and you had to work too. I I held down my full time job. So held down the full time and I never called in sick. I was a good boy and made all of those shows. <laughs> all right. Well, we're going to, we're going to dip out for another break here real quick, but uh, this is the stand up and shout rock show coming to you from Salisbury center studios on the wild style network. All right. Welcome back to the stand up and shout rock show with whisk and Kev coming to you on the wild style network. I love the fact that we had stand up and shout kicking very appropriate for the next topic. Absolutely. So the final topic, the closing topic yes. of the of the day. Yeah. So we wanted to close the show with a little bit of discussion about uh, Ronnie James Dio, mm-hmm. and he has a, do- a documentary that was put out recently called "Dreamers Never Die." Um, hopefully, if you haven't seen it, you need to go out and see it. That's I, your homework. Yes, your homework. Homework show. It's on Showtime, I believe, right now. Yes. A lot of the streamers, you can just search it and. and, and and it, and it's you know you can I stream it, it that way. I you know I have cable. I've, I haven't like cut the cord yet, so I, I caught it on Access. Okay, yeah. I need to get Access. Yeah, Access is good. Um, but it was a great a great documentary, and and the thing that struck me the most about it is obviously you know being into rock and metal as long as we have you know we know about his stint with Rainbow, and then he moved in with Black Sabbath, and then went solo. I didn't realize the the breadth and the length of his career and that he was actually singing in back in the mid fifties. Yes. And was on par with the type of music like Frank Sinatra was singing like at the doo-wop, time. Little doo wop yeah. kind of deal. Yeah, like I, I we were talking like at break, so we were bad and we didn't save this conversation for now, but evidently like we're having a little bit more of it now, but like what I was selling Kevin and I still feel this way. It was like, if you watch the great movie spinal tap and I know many, many people out there have, it was literally like when spinal tap, that band, you know, in a parody went through the progressions of time from the fifties to sixties and seventies. It was like watching that, except it was real. It wasn't the parody <laughs> for sure. Yeah. And which was pretty cool. Yeah. And you know, and obviously, you know, I, We've got a buddy who's a huge Dio fan. Yes. Eric. Yeah. Um, he was asking us about it. He actually went and saw it in the movie theaters yes. when it was released. So, you know, when His I was a friend hates metal. I don't know if she hates metal. I guess she tolerates it. I think she's more of a country girl, you know, kind of deal. He drug her, her rear end there. I'd, yeah. I'd love to have seen that. My wife would not be going after <laughs> me to that. The fact that we got her out to a show a couple weeks ago right? was, was amazing I in know. and of itself. So <laughs> sure. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it's a great movie. You know, um, the other thing that struck me from the movie is how genuine he is when it comes to anybody, really, fans, 
Um, you know, and I had the opportunity to meet him. Um, it was on the Lock Up the Wolves tour. Mm -hmm. They were supposed to play at the Baltimore Arena. Mm -hmm. He was sort of, it was kind of on the tail end of, well, grunge was coming. Yep. And, and so, uh, you know, they could not sell very many tickets to that place. It got moved to another club, and then it ended up being moved out to Painter's Mill Amphitheater. Oh, wow. Tiny little place. Wow, wow. And, and I guess like... I heard that in a long time. I, I know. I don't think it's around. No, it burned down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but... You know, and I guess the ticket sales still weren't going, but um, they threw Child's Play on as the opening oh, act. awesome. And then that drew That's a the locals show. in. So yeah. it was a great show. Um, Good you for know, you. I missed and, that one. Where yeah. the hell was I? Uh, I think that was when I was home oh, from school. I was still down there. And I, I was poor. Yes. Ugh. So I got to go. You know, I was still doing the radio station stuff as the music director. Um, and you know, and I, I got the VIP meet and greet with him afterwards, which mm -hmm. was freaking phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Such a nice guy. Um, you know, he found out I worked for a radio station. He's like, Oh, he's like, do you want to do an interview? And I'm like, well, I wasn't expecting to do anything. I didn't bring any gear to record with or anything. He's like, well, here's my manager's number, mm -hmm. which was his wife's number. Sure. And he's like, you know, call we'll set up a time. Right. I'd love to do an interview with you, but and, don't get any ideas. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, just a really, really genuine guy. And that showed through in, you know, the clips they were showing and the following that, even though it was much smaller during that period of time, um, you know, they stuck with him sure. and, and what people had to say about him. So it's a great movie. Like, like we said, that's your homework. You need to go check that thing out. Yeah, if I would heard and word this one, and not that there's a thing to complete, but like if I would bring it down to one word, my takeaway, well, maybe that's the heard and word. Your takeaway from the DO documentary would be, oh, I see the heard and word just went back up. Yes. Integrity. You know, like yeah, that is definitely like if there's one word that could, I think there's probably multiple one words that could describe Ronnie G and great words, not bad words when I think of those one words. So like, yeah, so like it's just sheer integrity. I loved the, the conversation with Heaven and Hell, Black Sabbath, and the showcasing of how he was really just really just a, a diehard about his lyric writing and his lyric content. And he would not bend to that to do any type of things that were more radio friendly. He definitely had, you know, an artistic vision that he yep. wanted to hold to and come hell or high water, he was gonna do it. And that was that that part really like spoke to me in that movie. It was my favorite part of the movie. Yeah, and then not to I, give. I guess I just gave away like a good chunk. We we're telling you to do homework, but we we're yeah. telling you all about it. So I don't know if this is, you know. Oh no, still like still shit, watch it. it now. It's guess a great what? movie. He dies at the end. Also. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, now you don't need to stay till the end, right? But uh, I guess my my herd and word would be the horns. Oh, all right. Look, at, we're going back to the herd and word. Yes. Well, I think this is going to stick. So we could do a herd and word with interviews too. I don't, you know, that would be that. a great way to uh, get some conversation going we just with some of the bands. We the audience in one of our ideas that we usually text back and forth to each other. All right. Right. Well, in, in the drunken moments of wherever we are. Well, we're going to wrap things up for today on and uh, more Heard and Word right. on in the next Stand Up and Shout Rock Show. So, again, thanks for listening, viewing Stand Up and Shout Rock Show on Wild Style Network. See you See all ya. again soon.